Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. As always, you can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, called Put On the New Self. We all fight the pull of the old self. And we need to get rid of the things that cling to us. We have to be on the offensive. And so in Colossians chapter 2, we ended with this verse, and it says, verse 18, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement, the worship of of the angels, Colossians 2.18, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head, put on Jesus, remember, from whom the entire body, Colossians 2.19, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with the using? in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Now, one side of the battle is people who go hyper-religious. And what they did in these ancient days is they felt like if they abused their body, then somehow they wouldn't give in to the lust of the flesh. So if I put myself in a cave somewhere or every time I had a temptation, some, there's, there's stories actually about early church fathers that when they got tempted sexually, there's a story about one church father who threw himself into a thorn bush upon feeling some sexual temptation. And that was to abase his body, to abuse his body. He felt like, I'm being sexually tempted, so I'll jump into this thorn bush and hurt myself. And all he came out with was cuts and the normal temptations of life. That doesn't work. Severe treatment of the body and self-abasement and self-made religion is not effective in dealing with temptation. you got to get to the root of temptation, and the root is our hearts. If you're trying to do it in in outward religion, you're going to fail every single time. And if you are good at it, then you'll just be a prideful person. Now here's the key. If then you have been raised up with Christ, Colossians 3.1, keep seeking the things above. Forget about this nonsense that the world sells you about works and abuse of the body and whatever else, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's the one that's going to help you. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them, but now... You also put them all aside. Think of put off and put on. Put aside what? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And have, here's our other key phrase, put on 
the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, here it is, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, and beyond all these things, here's our phrase, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Go back to Ephesians. This is the constant refrain in Scripture about the battle that the believer faces. This is not about salvation. This is about sanctification. This is not about you being saved. This is about you being made holy into the image of Jesus Christ. And it is a daily battle in which you have to put off certain things and put on certain things. And so you don't want to walk uh, in the way that the Gentiles walk. Now they walk, I say therefore, Ephesians 4, 17, I affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk. Notice how they walk in the futility of their mind. You know, everything starts in the mind. The battlefield is the mind. That's why the Bible tells you to watch over your heart with all diligence. Watch what comes into your life. Now, many of us know, having come to Christ maybe later in life, that images that we placed in our minds even years ago can rear their ugly head at the most inopportune time. You know what I'm saying? And so what we have is a battle to protect that which is uh, probably uppermost in terms of behavior. As a man thinks in himself, so he is. And so the Bible talks much about mind renewal. The reason why unbelievers live the way they live is because they think the way they think. My wife and I were having a discussion and we were talking about some modern events and just the way the world is. And we're talking about some voices of reason in the culture. And one of the things my wife said is, I wish more people who weren't Christians heard this stuff. Stuff that focus on the family and sometimes Fox News reports to the world. But they're not typically listening to that stuff. We are, but they aren't. And so their minds are being shaped by other things. Your mind is being informed by the Word of God. And thus your conscience is bearing witness with the Word of God. But the world doesn't do that. When I was in the world, I wasn't listening to Bible studies. I was listening to rock and roll songs and and doing whatever I could to satisfy my flesh. I indulged more and more and what came into the mind would would then come out in the life eventually. That's why a lot of uh, child molesters and those who have been caught up in uh, crimes against people in, in the terms of sexuality have said that it started with pornography because it started in their mind and they began to feed their mind and that became normalized in their mind somehow. And now it wasn't enough just to do it in the mind. Now they had to act upon it. There was a story some years ago about a pastor who got caught up in pornography and it, and it got so bad that at some point he had uh, uh, driven his car somewhere and he had set his sights on a girl that he intended to rape and he was a pastor. And he tells his story and he says, you know, it had gotten so bad and I had taken in so many of these images that it was, I was no longer satisfied with just watching. Now I had to act upon it. 
We have an epidemic of pornography in our world. I don't have to tell you. It's available on handheld devices, phones. It's everywhere. If you don't protect yourself, if you don't in some way insulate yourself from that stuff, it will affect you because it has an appeal to the flesh. And so Romans 1.28 says, and just as they did not sit, see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. You wonder sometimes, how could somebody do that? Oh, they're getting inspiration. There's plenty of inspiration for all kinds of behavior that we feel is so weird and strange and, and debauched, but it's out there, folks. It's available for people's consumption. And so the Gentiles, the unbelievers, they walk in the futility of their mind. They walk in intellectual futility. The word futility, what does that mean? It means emptiness. It means uh, they, they continually uh, sow to those things that will never produce what is good. The sinful man, see his thinking must change. And the word repentance means to change your mind. You understand? Metanoia first means a change of mind and it speaks of a change of mind and then a change of actions. So when the gospel is proclaimed to somebody, they have to understand the gospel in their mind. They have to understand the facts and conversion and repentance have to do with the mind. We tend to separate heart and mind, but in biblical thought, heart and mind are kind of the same. When your mind changes, your heart changes with it. And so this is metanoia in our Bible. To change one's mind and to change one's action. To move away from that which is sin and move to God. Now why do they do it? Because they are 18, Ephesians 4, darkened in their understanding. See, futility leads to darkness. Now I want you to hold that thought and go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This explains a lot about our culture and what we see around us and we can even of course make the application to our own lives look at romans 1 verse 21 paul writes for even though they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks but they became see the word there futile there's futility in their speculations that means thought so they became vain in their speculations uh, vain speaks of empty and speculations think, think, speaks of thought. And so here's your first airhead in history. Empty thinking. And their foolish heart was what? Darkened. When your thinking is futile, then you will live a life of darkness. Once we lived in darkness, but now we are Light in the Lord. And Paul would say later, and this is a future Bible study, walk as children of light. And he'll talk about the fruit of the light. There's fruit that comes from light and fruit that comes from darkness. There's two kingdoms, a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. And to my knowledge, there ain't no middle kingdom. You're either in the kingdom of light or you're in the kingdom of darkness. There's no kingdom of gray as far as I know. And so people, in their futility of thought, they sink, and here's what happens. They provide, profess to be wise, but they come, become fools. They exchange 23, Romans 1, the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. 
Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And he'll talk about the fruit of the light. There's fruit that comes from light and fruit that comes from darkness. There's two kingdoms, a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. And to my knowledge, there ain't no middle kingdom. You're either in the kingdom of light or you're in the kingdom of darkness. There's no kingdom of gray as far as I know. And so people, in their futility of thought, they sink, and here's what happens. They provide, profess to be wise, but they come, become fools. They exchange 23, Romans 1, the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. Now notice what this kind of thinking gets you. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. A story came out today. It's been uh, on Fox News. There was a bakery up in Oregon. The bakery was approached by two lesbians. They were going to get married, and so they wanted a wedding cake. Well, the owner, husband and wife of the bakery said, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, but we we really, in in good conscience, because of our religious beliefs, don't want to make a cake for your wedding. We don't believe that you should be married. And they defended it by saying, we don't want to perpetuate your sin. Uh, They weren't being obnoxious, but they were just saying, look, as the business owners, we have the right to refuse and we're not going to make the cake. Well, this lesbian couple sued these people. They have gotten death threats. And uh, in the last couple of days, they have shut down their bakery because homosexual activists have called their vendors and said, if you do business with these people, we will shut down your business next. And the husband and wife have shut down their bakery business 
because they would not make a cake for this lesbian couple. Now, this is our world, folks. Now, I have a question. The Christian community rose up in the Chick-fil-A thing, but where was the Christian community in the bakery thing? You know, all the people who were on the side of uh, defending this particular lifestyle, they came out and they shut down these people's bakery. And this happened just a few states up north from us, folks. This is what's happening in our world today. What is at the root of this stuff? A futility of mind. Now, we are also careful, of course, when we talk about these subjects, please go back to Colossians, that we don't want to uh, paint one single sin as the awful sin at the exclusion of all other sins. And we're going to see a list of other sins. And uh, we know that the Bible talks about uh, more than one particular type of sin, Ephesians chapter 4. But let me say this. The distinction right now between other sins and homosexuality is this, that the lifestyle is being pushed on the populace as normalized. They are on the offensive right now, and anyone who speaks against them right now is being targeted as, uh, as a matter of fact, I read in this article that there is now an investigation by some state agency in Oregon investigating this husband and wife to see if there's a hate crime there and also to consider whether or not the husband and wife need rehabilitation. That means, to translate, how we can get them to think in modern ways and not by this old book that says that homosexuality is unnatural and wrong. That is happening right now. How did we get here? Well, we get here through vain and empty thinking that excludes God. And of course, we know there's a group of people who are caught up in sin who say that God somehow approves of their sin. Well, let me say this to you. Did you just read Romans 1 with me? Now, we could sit here all day long as the church and say, and we were driving down the road and we saw you know, a church with a sign that says, same-sex couples, come here and we'll marry you. And that's Christian churches now, okay? But the question becomes, what is that church's foundation? Is that church's foundation the word of God or the blowing cultural moral winds? And of course, we know the answer to that question. They're not building the ministry on the word of God. They're building it on the pressure of the cultural winds, all under the auspices of love. But is that truly love? Is it truly love to say to somebody, I will affirm your ungodly lifestyle that will bring the judgment of God on you and probably other natural consequences because it's unnatural, let's face it. And is that really love? You know, we've had political leaders stand up and say, we should not determine who can love who. But we do do that. We tell people, if you're a certain age, you can't love somebody who's underage. We tell people, there are limits to who you can love. Don't buy the argument, you know, uh, we can't tell people who the... Oh, we do tell people. You can't have more than one wife. And there are, there are people right now that if you say you love two women and you're going to try to marry those two women, the state will come down on you because there's laws against that. We do legislate who you can love or at least how many you can love. But see, this is, this is the arguments we hear in our culture. And frankly, most believers don't even know how to counter these arguments. They hear that and it sounds so nice and so good until you peel back the layer and you say, we don't allow that. 
We don't say that somebody can marry their cat or their dog or their cow. There are limits to who you can love. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is pretty obvious kind of stuff. But this is the, where the world is moving. It's moving in a darkened understanding because little by little, bit by bit, what have we done? We have pushed God out. We don't want his commandments in the schoolroom. We don't want them in the courtroom. We don't want anything that smacks of religion on, on county or government ground. And all of a sudden, incrementally, we are where we are, folks. And I'm sounding the alarm telling you, we are way down the road. We are way down the road right now. I know it's sobering, but here's where we are. Now, because they're darkened in their understanding, they are excluded from the life of God. The life of God, Zoe, speaks of that which is true life or eternal life. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. See, the issue is they are ignorant to the things of God because their hearts are hard. The word hard is the word for callousness. How do you develop a callous? You know, baseball players who don't wear batting gloves, they develop calluses at the beginning of a season. And they do that so that their fingers will become insensitive to the pain. It's a desensitizing. So if I get a callus on a certain part of my body, it takes time to develop a callus, amen? And then that, when that callus is here, there, if you touch it, it's pretty much desensitized to pain. That's what happens to people. They go on and on in their sin. Their conscience speaks to them, but they suppress their conscience. They don't want to hear it. They turn up the music. The light of God is all over, the fingerprints of God, and they suppress it. They don't want to hear it. They push it away. They don't want to hear it. And all of a sudden, the callus develops more and more and more until they become desensitized to even the voice of their conscience and the Holy Spirit. These are those, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, whose own conscience is seared with a branding iron. What does that mean? It means it's desensitized. And it has the idea of of a mark. And, And they used to mark cattle in this way. And it could even speak of the mark of the God of this age. He has desensitized them. And so here it is. It's the hardness of their heart. You've been listening to Put On The New Self, part two on Walk In Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk In Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Walk In Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. I remember one time hearing a man who was at the gym, and he hit it off with someone, and then um, somehow it came out that he was a Christian. And, you know, it kind of changed the atmosphere. And then he said, hey, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm not going to compete hard with you, and I don't bleed like you, and et cetera, et cetera. He he said, just basically, I'm just a born-again believer, but I'm still a human, I'm still a person, I'm just like you. And I've just trusted in Christ and the good news of the gospel. And uh, he he stayed relatable, but not weird. <laughs> do, do you hear what I'm saying, brethren? <laughs> 
sometimes as Christians, the perception is that we're a little strange. We're a little weird. We don't have to be that way. You don't have to go around speaking in King James English, man. (laughs) You can relate with people. You're a human, but you've met the Savior and you want to tell them how to meet him and you don't want to uh, act like uh, you know you're on some ethereal plane <laughs> floating above them. I think you get it. So when we put on the new self, I think that'll make us more attractive, more winsome, and not weird, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, I'd like to invite you to a men's conference happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona in Southern California, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, we're doing a men's conference called Run With Endurance, September 18th from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be worship, teaching, encouragement, breakout groups, and games, breakfast, and lunch. Chick-fil-A will be doing the lunch. And it's a full day of encouragement and challenge, $25. You sign up early enough, you will get a T-shirt. You got to just give us that size. You can sign up and register at walkintruth.com, walkintruth.com, or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. God bless you. We'll see you right here tomorrow for more on The New Self, putting on The New Self. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, called Put on the New Self. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.